It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 25th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can of course follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're joined by a very special guest, Dante Marcatelli of Fox Sports Florida. He comes on to talk to us about where the Magic were at the beginning of this hiatus, the momentum that might have been stopped, how the Magic got to this point, and of course, what goes on to put on one of the best broadcasts in the entire NBA, uh, the Orlando Magic's broadcast on Fox Sports Florida. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Gravity Download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. No matter which team it is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2, there's a Locked On Podcast for you. Plus, we have great national podcasts as well covering the NBA from every single angle. No matter what team you're interested in or what kind of sport you're interested in, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Before we get into my interview with Dante Marcatelli, I, I unfortunately do have to kind of start this episode with a more serious note and a more serious uh, call uh, for my listeners. Um, you know, I, I, I know not every single one of my listeners lives in Orlando, in Central Florida, in Orange County or Osceola County even, um, although right now it's just Orange County that this pertains to, um, but I do feel the necessity to make a public statement here and to give a public service announcement. 
Um, as of beginning Thursday at 11 p.m. and going through April 9th, 2020, so really for the next two weeks, uh, Orange County will be under a stay-at-home order. That means that doesn't mean you're confined to your house, but it means you, sh- you should only and you can only leave your house to go to the grocery store and purchase essential items, go to medical appointments, check with your doctor first, Go to a restaurant for takeout and food, obviously. Care for a family member or loved one, or just generally take a walk outside. So, you're, you know, the, the, the stay-at-home orders that we're seeing throughout the country in response to the coronavirus pandemic, they're not kind of stay, you know, locked up inside. Now, granted, Orlando has been under an 11 p.m. An 11 p.m. curfew now uh, since Friday, I believe, so almost a week now. Um, but clearly, they felt like this was an added step that they needed to take to slow the spread of the coronavirus. And again, this is all about limiting exposure. This is all about limiting contact. This is all about social distancing. But you cannot do, and, and the city of Orlando made this really nifty graphic um, with all these on there. I, I, I posted it on the Locked On Magic Facebook page. You cannot go to work unless you are providing essential services as defined by the order. That would be generally, and this is not inclusive, this is generally Restaurants and food service, uh, you know, laundromats, media, you know, stuff that is pretty essential to just continuing daily life as, as bare bones as it can be at this point. Um, you cannot visit friends and family if there is no urgent need. Uh, and you cannot maintain less than six feet of space between you and others when you do go out. Um, it's it, The stay-at-home orders sound more draconian than they are, in my opinion. Um, it, there's still a lot of stuff you should be able to do, um, but putting these orders in place should hopefully impress the seriousness of the seriousness of fighting this disease, of fighting the spread of this virus, and, and making sure that we all are on the same page and we're all on the same team here to make sure that this virus does not spread. Um it, Hopefully, this will do the trick. This will allow hospitals to, A, not see a stream of new cases come in so that they don't become overwhelmed, which is, of course, a lot of what this is aimed for. And, of course, hospitals and, and medical workers are are on those essential services lists that, that they, they can go to work and go outside to, to get to their jobs. Um, this, is, this is all aimed at, at flattening the curve and slowing that spread. And getting us kind of over the hill so that, that we're on the back end of this thing so we can get back to normal life. Um, it, is, it is going to be a while to do this. It is, it is going to be a bit of a struggle. It is going to be a, a bit of, of a difficulty to get to, get to this. Um, but ultimately, uh, this is hopefully going to, to help slow that spread. And, and again, we're seeing similar stay-at-home orders throughout the country, throughout the nation, uh, as a tool to kind of slow the spread. So I want to make sure that I get this public service announcement out there. Beginning Thursday at 11 p.m. through April 9th. Um, and so that would actually, you know, for, for me, that includes Passover. I will not be able to go home uh, for the first night of Passover with my family because um, of this because of this order. And it's, it's absolutely necessary at this time. But starting Thursday at 11 p.m. through April 9th, there is a stay-at-home order in Orange County, and that would include the city of Orlando, um, in Orange County, 
uh, just to continue to try and flatten this curve and, and, and slow the spread of this, this pandemic and slow the spread of this, this virus and, and the disease COVID-19. Um, I urge everyone to take that order seriously. Uh, and, and if we do, if we all do our part here, we'll be on the back end of this sooner rather than later and able to get back to doing what we all love, uh, living nor our normal lives. And yes, least importantly, watching some basketball and watching some Orlando Magic basketball too. Um, I just wanted to make sure I said that. We're going to go to our little ad break here. And on the back end, my interview with Dante Marcatelli. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. And we are now joined by the sideline reporter at Fox Sports Florida for Orlando Magic Games. The one, the only Dante Marcatelli. Dante, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. It's kind of uh, a new normal for all of us, so it's kind of surreal. We're all navigating through this, but uh, family is good so far. I hope you guys are doing well, and and uh, our thoughts and prayers continue to be with everyone here in Central Florida and, and certainly around the country and around the world right now. Just kind of scary times, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's it is really scary and 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 strange times. Um, obviously, I hope everyone is practicing their their social distancing yes. and washing their hands and, and doing everything they can to stay healthy. That's undoubtedly the the number one priority right now for for everyone i think is just to continue to to be healthy and and basketball is, is secondary of course but uh we do want to provide some distraction and some yes. talk uh, about the orlando magica i know i know you miss them i miss them it's 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 definitely been been weird not having magic basketball on uh, every other night it feels like yeah it certainly is i mean we're what now i think you know, at the time of this recording, there's six Magic games that have been missed, and and you're you're coming up on two weeks uh, since the season was postponed. So, uh, yeah, we're certainly missing it, and but we certainly understand it. Obviously, everybody, th- th- this is the right thing to do, no question. And kudos to Adam Silver; he was the first one to do it. He shut it down and said, "We need to kind of get our facts together here and and see where this takes us." And everybody followed suit. But yeah, we miss it. I mean, this time of year to not be having games and. You know, not be having any kind of sports. It's yeah. You know, there, there's there's no diversion out there in the sports world, and it's kind of it, it's kind of strange. I, I've got a very clean garage. I, I've redone it a couple of times. <laughs> so we're trying we're trying to do do the best we can. I'm knocking things off the honeydew list, so that's been good. And I'm I'm getting to spend some terrific quality time with my daughters and my wife. But um, you know, we we certainly want things to get back to normal as soon as possible. 
I, I imagine pretty soon they're going to be like, uh, uh, when is daddy going on another road trip? <laughs> yeah, they're looking at the schedule pretty much every day. Saying, when can we get these these games back here? <laughs> but uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, we, we seem to be making the most of it. And, and, and we're heartbroken for the people, uh, you know, who, whose regular income is being affected too, man, during this time. As you know, Phil, these are tough times for so many people in this country. And, and you know, it's, everybody's hunkering down and, this magic team, these players, this ownership group has certainly done well uh, by the Amway Center employees and, and people that are hurting in this community. So uh, we, we certainly applaud them for their efforts as well, which is no surprise, as you know, with this ownership group and, and this team and these players and the quality individuals that are on this team kind of stepping up to the plate has been great to see. Number of leagues, number of teams, number of owners all throughout the country. It, it really has been great to see how everyone's come together. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I know how much the, the Magic are so embedded into this community, uh, just with their, their, their just mission to provide community service to, to the whole, to the city as a whole, you know, it, it did not surprise me that the Magic, uh, the DeVos family did what they did, that the Magic are doing what they did, that the players are doing what they're doing. And, and I'm sure a lot of it we won't even hear about because it, it feels like to me, you know, and you're around these guys a little bit more than I am. It feels like that these are all just genuinely very good people that, that, understand the, the blessed position that they're in uh, and and want to give back to, to the communities that, that that they live in and work in. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I, I mean, first and foremost uh, among them is Nick Vucevic, who's, who's been, what, going into year nine uh, in the NBA, what, year eight with this team. And and he understands this this community, what it's like to be a part of this community. Um, and and he's the first one to step up. And, and when the DeVos family was pledging, he jumped in and, and made a sizable donation. There's a number of causes uh, that he's contributed to uh, since the season started, since he got to Orlando, really. Uh, so he understands the importance of that. It's incredible what Jonathan, uh, at 22 years old, the perspective that he has, that interview he did uh, on Sirius Radio, uh, NBA channel was was just phenomenal. Gave some great insight uh, on a national level. We know locally what kind of guy he is, and, and to have that perspective at age 22, Aaron Gordon forever doing things in this community. And then the list goes on with DJ Augustine, Michael Carter Williams. They've all made contributions uh, to this fund to help Amway Center employees. Mo Bamba was one of the first ones to step up, and, and that really starts, you, you know, uh, with Mr. DeVos. You know, he, he wants quality individuals. Yeah, he wants to have a good basketball team, but he wants to have individuals that understand what community is about, giving back. And, and he's certainly done a great job of, of instilling that in all the decision makers in this organization. And for years, we've always had those kind of guys. And now this group with Jeff Weltman and John Hammond, they have such a value on that as well, Alex Martins. And we've gotten some terrific individuals to come through here and and it's, it's so it's it's no surprise you know the kind of things that they the the, the kind of guys we have the, the things that they stand for and it, it's it's no surprise that they would stand up and and pitch in in a crisis like this yeah uh, and, and absolutely a time like this puts into perspective what, what's really important in life and and certainly uh, i think it's I, I i've always felt like it's been very clear that the magic value, like good people uh, above, right. above a lot of things, above, uh, above a lot of things. And, 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 and there's never, there's never really been a, a whole lot of players in the magic history that you'd say, you know, I'm kind of ashamed that guy's a magic player, that magic, yes. all, all the magic for the most part, you know, this, obviously 31 years, this is a long, long time, but uh, there's, there's a lot of really good people that have passed through the doors of both the Orlando arena and, and the Amway center. Um, but let's, let's, Get a little bit of a distraction and talk a little bit about Orlando Magic basketball. Obviously, 
the hiatus, it felt like could not have come at a worse time for this team. Uh, they, they were on a little bit of a t- little bit of a tear of you know both with the win over the Rockets and then the win over the Grizzlies to finish off that road trip. Uh, I, I want to ask you what what were you seeing that was different from this team as as it felt like they were beginning to turn a corner and become the team that that I think we all imagined they'd be from the very beginning of the season. Yeah, I, I think you're right. We kind of were starting to turn a corner and it did come at a, you know, if we can exclude everything like you're saying and just look at the basketball side of thing, there was a feeling when we were standing on that tarmac uh, coming back from Memphis, we just had a three and one road trip and, and you're an Aaron Gordon three pointer away from sending that Miami game to overtime where you could have conceivably won all four games. There was a feeling on that tarmac like one this thing is kind of starting to turn. We got a favorable schedule coming up. Uh, you know, the, this, the things are starting to head in the right direction. And number two, please don't let anything happen to this season. <laughs> it was kind of like, like, let's hope, let's hope, let's hope that this thing will be gotten under control and everybody can be safe and we can resume playing basketball. But certainly we, we understand why and, and support that decision a hundred percent. But this team was starting to play better. I think, I think pace had a lot to do with it. I, I think they, the way this team protects the ba- the basketball and Steve Clifford teams value the basketball, always in the top two, three in the NBA and fewest turnovers per game, that there was a thought, okay, well, let's let's push the pay. Let's get more possessions. Since we are so good with the basketball, let's get more possessions. And then they were getting about, you know, I, I, they, 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 they were valuing getting out and they were tops in the NBA in pace uh, during, during this stretch since after the All-Star break. And really, if you look at the two games before – First in the NBA in scoring, one of the best teams at protecting the basketball. They had increased their pace. They were getting extra possessions. They were getting more fast break points, more points in the paint. All the areas that are critical to winning, they, they were getting more, more point, eight more points per game. I mean, they were one of the highest scoring teams in the NBA, if not the highest, uh, the 10 or 12 games before the season was postponed. So I, I think pace had a lot to do with it. Obviously, field goal percentage was up. They were knocking down threes. Terrence Ross was red hot. Uh, I think guys had finally settled into their roles. I think everybody was healthy other than Jonathan Isaac, which was a big loss, obviously. I think they finally learned how to play without him. But there were a number of factors on the offensive end that I, you know, DJ Augustine, getting him back, I don't think we can undervalue what he means to this team, what he meant to that second unit. Uh, and everybody had just kind of kind of settled into a role. We saw it last year, the final 31 games of the season, and it felt like it was kind of heading that way again this year. Defense was still a little bit worrisome, but it had gotten better the, the last week uh, leading up to the to the stoppage. But it just felt like all those things offensively, this, this team had, had kind of found its it really had kind of found its its stride, and it was unfortunate to see it have to be put on halt. Yeah, I was, I was gonna I was gonna ask you uh, if if just like kind of around the team because I mean I, I I really do feel like so much of a season is built on those road trips I mean I, I always like usually that first big road trip in December I always say this is where we're gonna find out a lot about this team because you know yeah. you're, you're kind of on your own you're 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 in a hotel room you don't have all the luxury that you have inside the Amway Center uh to to kind of to kind of build you up you got to really kind of rely on your grit uh did, did it really feel at all like last year's team when when things started started to turn a little bit because it, it, again, like you said, everyone seemed to really kind of understand their role and, and, and everyone seemed to kind of hit their rhythm at the same time. And of course, that happening in like February, March is kind of the trademark of the Steve Clifford team. They get better yeah, as right, the year right. goes on. Well, you know, it's, the only thing that was different than last year is, and you remember the last 31 games, 
the way they were defending and the way that mm-hmm. unit was defending, and then especially when you added Michael Carter Williams, there was a feeling going into any arena, any game, any opponent, this team had a chance to win. And and they could they could stay in any basketball game with the way they defended. This year was different. It just felt like you know, the defense wasn't quite there. It just felt like that was the next shoe to drop. But once they lock in defensively, and I feel like that was coming. They, we were kind of turning the corner on that defensively the last week. Well, like Once that kicked in, then we were going to have that feeling again. This was a feeling of absolute confidence uh, that they were going to be able to score. They were going to be able to knock down shots. They were going to be able to stay with anybody. Uh, and and it didn't. you just didn't know where it was going to come from each night. You know, I, I think the biggest example was that night in Memphis where there was no panic. The, the starters just came out of the gate slow, didn't really have it going, down 17 in the first half. Second unit comes in, makes a big run. Terrence Ross gets unconscious again. Uh, DJ was having a big night, and that second unit brings them back into it. Then the start of the third quarter, slow again uh, for the for the starters, and you're down 15. And then all of a sudden, something clicked. Vooch starts getting going. Evan starts getting going. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, Markel's able to make a few baskets. And then that first unit started rolling. And then again, you have DJ, Terrence Ross, Mo Bamba. That second unit came in. Michael Carter-Williams was playing phenomenal basketball. Those last three games before the break, his best stretch of the season, one probably one of the best of his career uh, with the way he was playing. So they had kind of, you just, there was a confidence about this group scoring the basketball. And if you look at it, you know, they weren't hoisting up a bunch of threes and just like Miami is and making a ton of threes. They were getting to the basket. They were getting points in the paint. They were getting points at the rim. They were getting to the free throw line. They were scoring in other ways. Threes were up, uh, but they were only making two more threes a game than normal. So I think they were getting six, but, you know, six more points from beyond the arc is huge uh, for, you know, for, for a team that was struggling to score the basketball the entire year. But there was a feeling amongst this team that, okay, if I don't have it, you know, get it to the next guy. The next guy's going to make the shot. Okay, I'll, I'll try it if I don't have it. Just seemed to be a concerted effort to find the hot hand and, and to make the extra pass, to give up a good shot for a great shot, like we hear so many times. And they had really settled into a nice rhythm as far as that went. And Terrence Ross was unconscious. I mean, he was yeah. playing terrific basketball uh, a la Human Torch, which we knew to grow and, you know, grew to know and love at the end of last year. So I, I think guys were hitting their strides offensively. And, and there was just a there was just a confidence that if one guy didn't have it, get it to the next guy and, and ultimately would find the right combination to win the game. Yeah. And, and, to, and to that point, like like you said earlier, the pace just increasing like a, it's. It, it, it's it's a, it's not a, a small thing. I, mean, I, think, I think a lot of people when they think a pace, think of possessions per forty eight minutes, and, and and the number that that the the NBA describes as pace. And yes, that pace is up. The Magic are getting out in transition more, but to me, it's a lot more about how quickly they move through the offense. There's a lot there's a lot less of the ball sticking. It's, yeah. it's a lot more, more ball movement, so that they can find the open guy and they have time to get him a good shot or to work for that next best shot and. You know, I think a lot of that is, yes, Markel Fultz being on the ball a little bit more, kind of growing as a young player. This is essentially his rookie year. Uh, and I think a lot of that, too, is Aaron Gordon has has suddenly kind of, at least at that point, suddenly unlocked this playmaking aspect to his game that that was always kind of hinted there. But I don't think he's ever been a playmaker at this level for this long, for a long time. I think in his last five or six games, he was averaging around seven assists per game, which was just, uh, un- I don't think anyone would have believed that, even even at the wildest dreams of what people had for Aaron Gordon at the beginning of the season. 
Yeah, well, and I and I think with his shooting, I think it comes from a good place, Phil. I think there yeah. are times where, okay, this team is struggling to score, we're bottom of the NBA in, in offense, 27, 28, 29, most of the year. Got to generate offense from somewhere, and the natural progression is he scored, what, 15, 16 points a game last year. Let's, let's get that up to 18, 19. And, and that's just not kind of how this team operates, and that's not how what his game is predicated on. And it seems like that all started to click uh, here the last couple of weeks as well, where it's like, okay, I don't, I don't, I, I can affect the game without scoring, and I think he embraced that, and he used the term Swiss Army knife. Uh, that's what he wanted to be for this team. He realized there was an opportunity to to maybe be more of a point forward at times, handle the basketball with his with his handling ability uh, and his size, just his brute strength. You know, when I have the opportunity to get the ball in the low block, I can, I can. That's when I can dominate the basketball that's when I can attack the rim I can get to the free throw line or make a basket his spot up threes have always been an incredible weapon for this team and they just weren't going down with consistency this year but then he was kind of stepping into those in confidence the physicality that he was bringing I think of that game in Houston that second quarter certainly right before the half where he was just bullying people and he was everywhere defensively. He was blocking shots. He was rebounding and he was just getting into the basketball. He wouldn't allow himself to get screened. I mean, just what he was doing, how he was affecting the game without even scoring. And that playmaking ability kind of became a part of that as well. And I think you're right, not settling, you know, not trying to show the the entire offensive uh, repertoire, you know, in a possession. You know, let's just, if I don't have it, let's move it. Or if I do have it, if I get good position, then I can maybe take a little more time to to kind of bully myself to the rim and get a shot that way. Step into my threes when I'm open. That spot up three, and then he had a then within all of that, yeah, okay. Now I have an opportunity to maybe do a couple of step backs or a couple of fallaways, and and he was kind of getting those to go as well. Maybe I can get one or two putbacks. You know, get an offensive rebound and get a putback. You know, Markel was finding him a couple of times. Evan was finding him a couple of times, and, and you were getting lobs at the rim. So kind of the whole thing came together and and I was it was kind of fun to see that uh, the ability of him to take that to the next level and he certainly was doing that but yeah it was really that you're right that there's a playmaking ability and getting guys involved and, and that low man game too how, how much was that fun to watch to see okay I take it away from Aaron and he found a nice little a couple of bounce passes to Vooch down low uh, or guys cutting down to the basket it was really really interesting to see how that playmaking ability had evolved yeah, and and with Aaron, it's it's. I think it's always been a little bit of less is more with with him. Sometimes, like he, I, I feel like, I, I mean, you, like you said, someone had to had to had to score. And I think, especially early on in the year when the team was struggling so much, I, I really do think a lot of this comes from a good place with Aaron. Like he's trying to help the team. He's not doing it to be selfish. He's not doing it to to kind of pump his own stats up. He he's trying to help the team in, in any way that he can. And and I think sometimes when you get into that mindset where I've got to do more. Uh, and, and you're kind of thinking that way. Sometimes it, it works against you in some in some ways. And I, I don't think it's just Aaron. I think there are a lot of players that were kind sure. of trying to do a little bit too much. And 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 everyone was trying to get themselves kind of out of the funk that that kind of started throughout throughout the course of the season offensively. Um, what I mean, it, what do you attribute maybe some of those struggles to? Because I, I know like beginning of the season, the narrative was so many players coming back. It's essentially the same team as last year. You got, you know, young players getting better. You got Bomba back. You got Fultz back. Um, and it just didn't click early on. Like, what, what do you think kind of slowed things down as far as to getting to the point that they were at before the, the season went on hiatus? Well, you remember, remember last year, Cliff's biggest thing at the start of the year was 
uh, sense of purpose offensively. And it sounds simple, but sense of purpose offensively. There just seemed to be a lot of ball stopping. Uh, there seemed to be guys trying to figure it out on their own. There seemed, And then when a guy did have it going, you, they, they didn't stay with it. You know, you kind of another guy would try to, OK, I haven't shot the ball in a while. Now it's time, time for me to make a shot. Or uh, if, if the shot wasn't going there, just, there just was too much, as you mentioned earlier, just the ball sticking. And I think in addition to the pace and in addition to getting more possessions and getting more shots, there's more passes. There's more assists. There, there's they were first or second in the NBA in assists the last 10 or 12 games before the stoppage. So I, th- I just think the ball was flying. The ball was moving to find the open guy. There were several possessions where everybody touched it uh, before it got to a basket late in the game too, where you're, you know, you're, you're finding a little, little pocket passes to Vooch who laying it in with one or two left on the shot clock. Just, just beautiful basketball when you watch it uh, offensively. So I, I think that wasn't there at the beginning of the season. And I think they thought they could pick up where they left off. And Jeff Weltman said an interesting thing. We do uh, Magic Pod Squad, and we had the the Magic ba- president of basketball operations on. And he said, you know, there, there can be a tendency to think when a team makes the playoffs that, okay, you're going to start the next season right there. And maybe that's, yeah, for the teams that have done it and been there five or six, seven years in a row, sure. But for a team that just got there, you know, you're probably not going to start the next year right there. It's going to take some time to pick up and and get right back to where you left off. And I think that's that's where we're at. Where it's it's going to take a couple of years after the summer where you have that layoff for this team to hit the ground running. And I think that that hit their plus. Phil, man, they just couldn't make a shot. I had- they couldn't make a shot. They were they were getting open shots. Like the numbers oh. are all there saying these. Yes. I mean, these are all good looks. You want them taking those shots. I mean. I think Vooch was shooting maybe five three-pointers a game. That's probably a little bit more than you want, but you can't complain with the looks if he's if you consider him a good three-point shooter, especially at the center position. They were getting looks, and that's where the game's going, and he's a he's a stretch five, and he's capable of making them, and, and when he does make them, it, it changes the game for this team. But it was really Evan, who I think was the only guy who could get yeah. anything going offensively. He's still having a career year. Uh, but Terrence Ross was, you know, just couldn't. And I think he was hurt. I think there's val- I think that's very valid. And I think the change, you know, I, I think as good as Markel Fultz is and will be for this team, that's a big change. You got a new point guard uh, where DJ kind of he was, you know, he's going into year four. He knows where everybody likes the basketball. And, you know, Markel, they're, they're still learning him. And, and Markel has a great understanding for the game. And I think he's expecting at times guys to cut. And he's drawing the defender over and, and creating these these driving lanes for, for guys to cut. And he'll give them a pass. That wasn't happening. You know, they, they were, they're not expecting that. Or when he did pass it, some guys weren't expecting it and kind of go through their hands. So I think there was a learning curve with the point guard as well. Um, and, and that's no knock on anybody, but I, I think with the new point guard, there, there comes change. And, and I think the, the, you know, the loss of Jonathan Isaac, you know, was devastating as well. So I think there were a lot of factors. I think it was health. I think it was just not making shots, you're getting wide open looks. So you, as if you're Steve Clifford, you know, you're, you're drawing up an offense to get a good look and they were getting wide open looks. They, they just weren't making them. And then the ball sticking. And there are a lot of factors for, for why that, offense wasn't there in the beginning but that all seemed to change here the last two or three weeks uh this team was just playing terrific basketball and you just would like to have seen where that was going to go the final month of the season especially with the quote-unquote favorable schedule that we were all we were all waiting for march i mean i think yeah. when the schedule came out i think i like circled march and said this this is the month the magic are going to make another run in this month right. and everything checks out correctly and 
and certainly, I mean, and certainly just on top of that, you know, the, the Magic had such a strong record against teams. I mean, and you don't count any, you don't just go on the calendar and count wins, but uh, they had such a strong record against teams with losing records. I mean, that that this was this month, you know, the, you know, starting with Chicago, Charlotte, which was which was canceled. They would have played Brooklyn on Monday, which would have been a humongous game. Uh, they would play Brooklyn on Friday, which would also have been a humongous game. Um, they they really had, had the opportunity. You just had to win one of those. You just had to win one of those yeah. in the season series, right? Yeah, I mean, and 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 you know, the Nets would have just been coming back from you know who knows what the standings would have looked like. I mean, it's an it's impossible to say. I, I tried I tried tried simulating the, the 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 schedule a little bit and it got a little too in the weeds for 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 even me <laughs> to, right. to keep doing. But uh, uh, but you know, who these these two games would have been playoff games th- th- this week. I mean, this would have been a huge week for the Magic, and then. You know, hopefully you build enough confidence to, to steal some wins on that closing kick. We'll, we'll see what the schedule looks like when the NBA does eventually resume. We'll get back to my conversation with Dante Marcatelli in just a second, but let me tell you about my secret weapon for learning new things and getting away, getting ahead. It's hard to find the time to sit down to read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There is an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read, but never had the time to. You can find such popular books in categories like psychology, bi- biography and memoir, management, leadership, career, and success uh, among the many titles, including stories like Sea Stories, My Life, and Special Operations by William H. McRaven, the 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, and Becoming by Michelle Obama. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B, B- yeah, sorry, I can't speak tonight. Spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Again, that's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your your free seven-day trial, and you'll also save 25%, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
you know, I, I think I think an interesting point that that kind of comes out of all this is, you know, it's it's easy sometimes to to think of players, you know, like they're on two K, like they're kind of automatons, and 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 growth is is somewhat linear. But but I always have to remind everyone of two things. First, growth is rarely linear. Like players, you know, take steps back to take a few steps forward. They they have their struggles. An eighty two game schedule is. It, you know, is a journey. It, it is very much, every team has its struggles. I mean, you look at Milwaukee, they were on pace to win 70 games. Giannis missed a few games before the hiatus and, and all of a sudden 70 games is off the table. They lost, I think like two or three uh, of their last four. Right, right. Um, and then the other thing I always have to remind people of is how young this Magic team is. I mean, I think it's still pretty incredible to see what they've, what they are, what they're accomplishing and what they've accomplished despite how young they are. I mean, you just tick down the line. Uh, you know, DJ Augustine and Al Farouk Aminu, I think, are the two oldest players on the team at like 31 and 32. Nikola Vucevic is, you know, just about to turn 30. Evan Fournier is, you know, around 30. Eric Gordon's 24. Marco Holtz is 21. Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bomber, 21, 22. This is still such an incredibly young team that's still learning the ins and outs of the game. And like you said, I think there is something to be said about learning how to be a playoff team on a year-to-year basis and, and carry things over year-to-year. Well, and I think that's the hardest thing, and I think that's the lesson. Okay, we understand what it took, the final 31 games, and we understand how hard we had to play uh, in that first win in Toronto, standing in that locker room after game one and, and it hitting everybody's face. Wow, that that we literally gave everything we had and we're going to have to do that three more times to beat this team. I think that really yeah. that this is what it takes to win in this league. To abs- you have to bring it every single night from start to finish. Now, some teams can can kind of coast if you have more talent or you have superstars or whatever, and you can and you can pour it on in the final seven eight minutes of a basketball game. Some teams can do that, but this team is and a- that's not a bad thing. Like, yeah, like, like yeah. give that to yeah. us, please. Some, yeah, exactly. and, we'll, and we'll sign up for that, no doubt about it. But to have that, but, but this team isn't wired that way, as we know. So uh, I, I just think that realization of we we got to buckle down. It starts in it starts with the summer. These guys all had incredible summers. Not, I, you know, they had good summers this year, but the year before were just phenomenal summers. And look at, you know, the best example, Evan had a phenomenal summer, you know, in the FIBA Cup, right? So he had an incredible summer there, and that translated into his season. And a lot of these guys, when they put in that 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 amount of work in a summer, it translates and it carries in to the NBA season. So I think it starts with your work during the summer. And then the mentality during training camp is this is what it takes. We, we have to start game one with the way we ended that season, the final 31 games. It takes that mentality, that approach right from game one in order to have the, the kind of success that we want to have. Because there are a lot of teams thinking Magic could get six, five, could maybe even host a first round. So certainly it was disappointed uh, the way the season started. Uh, you, you're kind of hoping that you would you know, continue with the way the season ended. So yeah, it, it could be it, it could be youth and, and all that factored in, but I just think it, it was compounded with this team not making shots. You know, you, you have a new point guard again, who's a terrific point guard and is going to be one of the faces of this franchise for many years, but just, it was new. So your teams are, this team is, is trying to learn. And then the injuries that all hit you there in the beginning and guys were playing that weren't a hundred percent and all of that added up to, to the record that we had to start the season. And it's been great to see 
where they've gone since then. But hopefully, maybe now with the realization of what it takes to start a season, you love to see that approach, that mentality, this this pace, this this you know commitment to moving the basketball, this confidence shooting the basketball, uh, and then lock in defensively. If that all starts in November, who knows what this team can do? Yeah, and, and kind of in in, in in their defense too, I, I think Steve Clifford said that from the very beginning, they didn't have the training camp that they hoped for. I think injuries really kind of started from from the beginning. It wasn't right. that November right. night when both Vooch and Aaron went out with the ankle injuries. It was, you know, I think Vooch had a nagging injury at the end of training camp. Aaron got kind of popped in the jaw in Atlanta during a preseason game, and he was playing really, really well. Like, it really looked like his summer work had, had really d- developed and evolved his game, and all of a sudden, you know, he's losing out on this valuable practice time and repetition time, and he's trying to play catch up. It felt like almost from the beginning of the season. And, and he's, unfortunately right. for Aaron, I think he's had a lot of that in his career where he's missed time in training camp. And, and I think you really learn how important a good training camp is to, to kind of get off to that good start. No, you're right. But then also, but then also Phil, you have that new year's day with Isaac, right? So he goes down and, and the emotions of that, where you think the season's over, then he's in the locker room, standing up joking. And we see him walk off the plane that night and you think, Oh my God, he's going to be fine. He might only miss a game or two and then find out the next day that he's gone. And, and then you lose Aaron and Vooch in Toronto in the same game. So now multiple weeks where you don't have those guys and, and this team, it just, is absolutely stagnant without Vooch offensively. Uh, and, and then Aaron on the defensive end and now offensively with what he's done lately. So it, it seems like these injuries have hit everybody. And, and, and you know, the, coming out of camp, as you, you know, as you mentioned, the injuries that happened to DJ and then um, Terrence Ross, you know, he gets that. And Michael, and Michael Carter-Williams had the injury fairly early in the season too. Yeah, that's a great there point. Several that's injuries great actually. Point. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So and then DJ during the season, you know, you lose him for a month. So you're right, MCW, who's so critical, look at what he's doing now. So all, all these guys, you have all these, so many injuries where you were relatively injury-free last year, and now you just have a myriad of injuries. Well, now – Ironically, everyone's healthy and you can see what you're doing. You're doing now what you would hope to do at the start of the season. Yeah, for sure. And, and obviously relatively healthy. Evan was obviously dealing with the elbow injury and, and like, well, right. we all yeah. right. be, be ready to go. I know. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it, right. you forget, I mean, we didn't even mention Alfred Aminu and what he could have given. Well, right. I mean, lo- right. I mean, losing, losing Isaac and Aminu at the same time, really, I think killed a lot of the depth that this team felt like he had. I know, I think, I think Jeff, mentioned to you on on one of the various shows that you do I, f- I forget if it was drive time or on the pod squad that essentially it was either jeff or john um said essentially we lost an entire position when both aminu and isaac went out and it's hard to replace that yeah no you're right and, and as you're assessing the trade deadline you're looking at it and saying okay yeah that's a need right now but you know, very, very soon at some point this summer, that's not going to be, that's going to be our strength again. You know, you're going to get me back. You're going to get Isaac back. So what do you do? So it, it, it might be a strength when the season resumes again. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Hey, right. And who knows where we, where we look in a, in, you know, when, when that season gets, when the season gets rolling again, but you know, and then you make the addition for a guy like James Ennis. So you know, here's a guy that comes in and, and he fits. He's just a guy that fits. He's not going to blow you away with stats or anything like that, but kind of like Carter Williams did last year. He fits what this team is trying to do. So I credit them for not panicking, uh, you know, not giving away the farm for a, for a stopgap approach for, for one season. You know, let's understand that we have a lot of bodies coming back at some point, uh, certainly at that position. Now the key becomes, Phil, uh, as you know, 
okay, Evan hasn't been there the last couple of games. But listen, this all predates Evan getting hurt. Evan was a big part of this. Yeah, he wasn't there for the last three games, but he was there for the nine games before that. So he's a big part of this. Uh, You're going to get Isaac back at some point. Who knows what the future holds? Who knows who you draft this year? Now you got to get them all to work together. And I think, you know, yeah, you're going to plug in Al Farouk Aminu. You know, can Ken Birch be a part of this? Is Wes Awandu going to be a part of this? And and you got to you got to find a way for to not sacrifice the way you're playing now. Uh, and continue to develop Bamba. He's been great the last week or so. Uh, and now, how do we make it all fit together? And I think that continues to be the puzzle. Uh, but it doesn't. You, you got to get to a point where you can just plug in whoever's available, whoever's healthy. Now you're all clicking on all cylinders uh, the way you're playing now when you have a full healthy roster. Yeah, as, as Cliff always says, you know, he only works with the guys that the medical staff says he has yeah. that day. Uh, yeah. you, can't, you can't think about what if or, or who's who's not available. You can only work with with what you have. And and you know, I I, I would I would I would I want to know um, what do you think of the job that that Steve Clifford has done managing both the expectations that kind of the new new standard of of excellence that I, or the new standard that this team set for itself after last year. Uh, and how he's managed a roster that hasn't really been complete at any point this season. And, and he's been able to do something that no one's been able to do really with this group. I mean, for, for the most part, yeah. you know, a, a lot of the core guys have been there. Now, granted, these guys have all kind of hit their peak and hit their stride. And and we were healthy last year. And, and that's certainly a big part of it. But I see the preparation on a day on a daily basis. And I see the the work and the 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 tireless preparation that Steve Clifford and his coaching staff put into this. Uh, I see every time you get on the plane, those guys are just pouring over video. Uh, and then, you know, so various players will come back to the, to the back of the plane where we sit uh, back there and they're, then they're looking at video and everything's broken down uh, per player on what they can work on and how they can grow their game. And, and then, you know, you see it when you're at Amway center walking around, you have Markel Fultz is sitting with an assistant coach and then you'll see Isaac sitting with an assistant coach, Mo Baba, and they're looking at video and they're watching and all of that is helping them gain an edge. And I see the shoot arounds and I see the preparation and I see, you know, the, the way the assistant coaches will break down the game prep for that night. And I see coach Cliff and the things that he works on and how he wants to play things. And you just have never seen that, that amount of, of preparation. And that's no knock on anybody else, but it's just, they value that preparation. And it's the Van Gundy way, as Steve Clifford would say. Uh, and they put so much, so much of a premium on preparation and just knowing your opponent and where to be at all times. And they just fill them with so much that, I think that's a big part too. I think you're getting so you have to absorb so much at the start of the season that it probably sometimes, unfortunately, takes till January or February uh, for it to all compute, uh, and, and that's where the, kind of where they hit their stride. But uh, they're, they're, I, I just see on a daily basis how much he puts into it and how, how much he arms them on a daily basis with what they need. And, and it's it's interesting too because he has a way of doing it. He could look at everybody and say. Okay, I'm not interested in what you do. I'm not interested in helping. Let's just only worry about what every person can do for the better of the team. There's that aspect to it, but it's also I got to understand. I got to help you grow as a player. So let's let's give you the leeway and the flexibility 
to grow your game and to work on things that you need to work on, but not at the detriment of the team. You know, there's a whole team concept and that's always going to be, you know, the, the first and foremost. But I have to I have to give you an ability to grow your game as well. So so let's have Vooch take more threes. Let's let's give Aaron the ability to, you know, to try and take his guy off the dribble on occasion. Let's let you know, let's let Evan be the playmaker. Let's let 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 you know, let's get Markel Fultz. Let's let him just take over at the end of a game. And we started to see that pull-up jumper, drive into the rim. Let, you know, let's put the ball in Markel's hands at the end of a basketball game. So, there, so there's a, a confidence that he gives to players to grow their games, but also understanding what it takes for this group to win as a team. And I think better than anybody I've seen, he has the ability to do that and relate to players. And I think they appreciate that. And, and listen, you leave no practice wondering where you stand with Steve Clifford. <laughs> I, mean, there is I don't no think I leave a press conference. No, I, don't, I don't think I ever leave a press conference not knowing where I stand with Steve Clifford. Yes, exactly. You know, so these guys know day in and day out exactly what is expected of them and what is expected of them from a team concept, individual standpoint, what they have to work on and how it all fits. And I think they appreciate that. I know they appreciate that. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's no gray area here. We you know exactly what you have to work on, exactly what your role is going to be, exactly what's expected of you. And I certainly think they appreciate that. For sure. And and obviously the, the results have, have followed. And, and I think, I mean, more than anything else, I mean, I, I remember the team last year talking a lot about the, the year Scott Skiles was, was the head coach. Uh, and they started off 19 and 13 and they had, you know, that really good start. And they really, I think they really believe they were, they were playoff bound and, and, and Things fell apart, and obviously, you know, as as we've come to learn, there there's some things going on behind the scenes there as well that that contributed to that. But it it really sounds like they they kind of pushed aside some of the the the, the scars of of the past of you know no, of knowing you know of, of some of the struggles that they had before. Uh, and, and I really think that playoff experience last year, you know, kind of proved to them, you know, a the structure works. You know, they 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 really have a trust in Cliff because he's delivered for them now. Um, and I really think that that playoff experience last year has really helped them weather a lot of the storm this year. I, I don't think if last year's team went through what they've gone through this year, I don't think they would have been able to come out the other end the way they have this year. Yes, the record might be worse than it was last year, but they're still in playoff position. They're still expected to be a playoff team. They will be a playoff team, you know, barring a just sudden collapse when the season gets back in order. But uh, it, it, they, they really, I think gained so much from that playoff experience last year. And, and I think Cliff deserves a lot of credit for it. Oh, no, I, I think first and foremost, he, he does I, just for for giving them the confidence. And, and I, I he he instilled it day one in training camp when he took over. And you're right. You mentioned Skyles. There have been some tremendous coaches that have come through here. And it's no knock on any of them, Skyles or Vogel or or whatever. There are all different circumstances that that those coaches were, were dealing with the different rosters at those times. But what Cliff did, it, it, you know, really has resonated. And they were they had a lot of health last year, which was huge. Um, but but something clicked and, and he just he, he got through to these guys day one of training camp. He came in and said, we are as talented as anybody. I believe in this roster. I believe in this group. I believe we are a playoff team and I believe we can surprise a lot of people. And that was the message from day one at camp. Now, there were other messages like you need to practice better. <laughs> you, need to practice, you need to practice hard. The first practice then, is never a good practice. Yeah, that's that's, just, that's just the way it is. You can have that's the best the practice. It is. it is not good enough. No, that's right. And then there were, he made it clear right away that I, I expect a lot out of you guys. But if you do that and if you buy in and if we all pull the same way together – 
we could do something here this year. And, and there, that that feeling in Boston last year, as good as the playoffs were, as much as 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 a great experience, well, that's all true. That feeling standing in Boston in that locker room last year when they when it all hit them, what they had accomplished in the city of Orlando, what it meant back here, and, and, and to do it in Boston against a team that was fighting for something as well and wanted to win that basketball game and then to go to Charlotte and win that game as well. But when it all just hit them, what they accomplished and what they overcame, and finally, we're here, we did it. You know, that's Cliff. Cliff, Cliff. Cliff did that. He instilled all that in them. And I, and I think – that drove them. That gave them a hunger. That that it validated everything to that point. And and I think they continued to buy in, continued to believe last year, and to the point where we even won a game in Toronto, where that I think the most scared probably Toronto was in the playoffs was going into the start of Game Two against the Magic <laughs> because you hadn't accomplished anything. If you were up in Toronto, you didn't know where this was going to go. Now you have not not to mention not to mention how much that team has struggled in Game Ones in their Correct. playoff history. I mean, they, they, it they felt, no the narrative was yeah. here we go again with Toronto. They're yeah. gonna they're gonna blow it in the first round again. There was, and there wasn't that fan base just being in that building. There was, oh man, here we go, and piling on Kyle Lowry. Now we knew well enough to know that yeah, one of the best players in the world at Kawhi Leonard. Didn't know he was going to go all the way to a championship, but you knew there was a long, long way to go. But you know, all that being said, they they just it kind of validated everything. Then you get their eyes were so big in the in that playoff series, just understanding what it takes. You know, Vooch had been there, Evan had been there, Terrence Ross had been there, but none of them had been there in that current role, in that current capacity. And that's a completely different thing to go through. Uh, so now you need that experience for Markel and Mo. You need those guys to go through that. So whenever the season does resume, and, and God willing it will, uh, you need those guys to experience playoff basketball. And then they'll be better off for it next year. Uh, and then you got to get Isaac back. And, and I think at some point, you know, you, you, you put it all together and uh, who knows what this team can do in the postseason. But yeah, there was a lot of wide eyes at the beginning of the playoffs last year. And they certainly needed that experience and, and they'll be better off for it. And, and, and I think, and I do think it says something about so many of those players. Um, Cause when we entered that series, I thought for sure game three was going to be the game that the magic would take in that series. If they're going to take a game, uh, I, I could really tell, and I know, I know Vooch has said it. I know Evan has said it, how disappointed they were. They didn't get one here, yes. uh, that they didn't get one. They didn't get game three or four here and, and give the magic that fans. Something that they you had a, you had, you're right. Cause you had a Kawhi Leonard that wasn't feeling well. He shot a, an abysmal person, but the magic just couldn't make a shot either. And that you're right. That was that game three, that, that was a winnable game. And that, this, this crowd was electric. The city was electric. And it, it reminded you of the old days with this team playing at its best. The city kind of came alive. And it, it's, yeah, th- those guys, heart, all throughout the summer, it bothered them that they didn't win that game three. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, and, and I'll, I'll continue to, to say this stat. Kawhi Leonard's lowest points per game in any series of that playoffs was against the Magic. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I do think Eric Gord did about as good as he could on, on Kawhi. No in question. That series. Um, but uh, um, I, 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 think, I, I do think one thing that, that we all enjoy about you, Dante, uh, is the energy you bring to to the, to the broadcast? Um, you know, I, I'm a league pass watcher, I and, and I still, I still think the Fox Sports Florida broadcast is is one of the best broadcasts in the NBA. Um, and it just seems like you, you, David, Jeff, and, and everyone on there just has so much fun doing it. Whether it's whether it's you know, is this anything, or, or even your your moment with Dante? Uh, what what's kind of your approach to 
to presenting the the game to to fans and 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 what's kind of the, the I guess the I don't, philosophy I don't want to get too too deep I guess but what's what's kind of your approach to to to, to what you guys do over Fox Sports Florida uh, with what I, what I think I think is generally considered one of the better local broadcasts in the league. Well, we, first of all, we appreciate the compliment, man. We really do, and, and we don't take that lightly. I mean, that's that's very important to us, and and we certainly certainly appreciate that. And and I, I think first and foremost, it starts with the with the good crew. And, and you know, there there is no ego uh, with this group. Uh, Jeff Turner, David Steele are you know you see them. They're they're about yeah. as, as humble uh, a couple of individuals as you're going to find. And then our producer Ty Eastham, who puts together great shows, and it's a it's a great team in the truck with our director and and graphics coordinator the guys that travel you know just really top notch those guys that map everything out and then I think an understanding and it starts with David just just we kind of all take our cues from David but just kind of the understanding that it's entertainment at the end of the day this is a basketball game and people are tuning in to see these players so let's tell that story David's preparation is second to none so he loves mining for nuggets and that's why is this anything is just such a gem uh, and, and the way he delivers it and how disappointed he gets when he gets a buzzer I mean all <laughs> it's stuff that fans relate to and, and for me I, I'm just thrilled to be a part of all of this I, I could never have imagined as a kid growing up, uh, that I would one day have this opportunity, you know, growing up in Boston and and watching those broadcasts with Mike Gorman, who's still doing it, and Tommy Heinsohn, and that's what I grew up watching, and Joe Castiglione and listening to him on the radio doing the the Boston Red Sox. That I, that I always thought if I could ever be attached to it in any capacity, I I would let everybody know that I'm just I, I feel like a kid in a candy store. I just can't believe I have this opportunity, and that's truly how I feel on a day to day basis. The people at Fox Sports Florida and that have I've had the good fortune of working with these terrific people that have given me this opportunity. I just feel like I have this incredible responsibility to let fans know how much fun this is to be a part of, to be in the, to be in an NBA arena every single night. I see I look at the fans' faces and how excited they are to be there. We've had hard times, Phil. There's no doubt about it. We've, oh, no doubt. And there have been some lean years here recently, but it's still an incredible job. It's an incredible opportunity. None of us feel like we're going to work uh, because they're just so, so, you know, when we're not on the air together for two and a half, three hours, we're going to lunch to dinner. We're going to lunch together. We're going to dinner together. We sit next to each other on the plane, on the bus. We're always around each other. We get coffee together. Well, not as early as David and Jeff. They're up at six in the morning, but they, they go get their, <laughs> coffee, their coffee first. But, but we just spend so much that so we truly enjoy being around each other. So hopefully all of that comes across. We, we just really want to do Magic fans a service and, and give them some insight into the team and just really let them know that, that we love this opportunity that we've been given and we're going to make the most of it. So, so that's our approach. Now, and if we can have some fun and, and, and try to present it in an entertaining way, that, that's our goal, night in and night out. Yeah, I mean, I I would say as someone who who watches pretty much every, I, I think I've I watch pretty much every game. Even even when I'm at a game, I'll I'll come home and and rewatch the game. And uh, I think I think it definitely definitely comes through and and show and shows how much how much you guys enjoy both both the game and 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 working with each other. Uh, it, it it I think it definitely comes through. And and I, you know I'm I'm frankly enjoying watching the rebroadcasts of the games when when we don't have anything. That's right. Well, we appreciate that, man. That that means it really does. And we hope Magic fans feel that way. And for me, selfishly, getting to know Brian Hill and Nick Anderson and Bo Outlaw, Quentin Richardson, 
working with yeah. and Paul Kennedy is as classy as a human being as he's a legend. <laughs> oh my goodness. Having Scott and Ez on board now. So all these guys, it's been, been fun for me to get to know them. And I, and I know they, they enjoy doing it as well. No question. For sure. Well, I don't want to, I want to hold you here much, much longer than that. I appreciate you, you taking the time, uh, you know, I hope everything with, with you and your family is going well while we, while we wait this thing out and, and wait for magic basketball, uh, to, to come back and wait for NBA basketball to come back and, and appreciate you coming on here, Dante. Hey, my pleasure, Phil. No problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Keep up the good work yourself and keep this thing going, man. We, we appreciate you talking magic basketball during a time where there's nothing to talk about, really, you know, as far as. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm, I'm, burning, I'm burning my summer content already. I hear you. I hear you. But I, I think it's great for magic fans to have an option if they want it and to create a diversion and to try to resume some sort of normalcy as we all try to get through this together. And that, that's what it's about. So we're here for you. Uh, we're here for for people in this community, Magic fans across the globe. If there's anything we can do to to help keep the conversation going, that's what it's about. And and hopefully, Phil, hopefully we can get back to playing games here at some point. <laughs> we'll fingers talk- finger, fingers crossed. I'm, I'm 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 looking I'm looking forward to Game Three being on my birthday. That 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 would be, yes. be quite a gift. I never I always get my sisters Magic wins for their birthday. That the Magic won on both my sisters' birthday this year. Um, uh, and and I never get a magic birthday gift myself. I think the big, I think the best gift the magic ever gave me on my birthday was signing Richard Lewis, which at the time okay. didn't feel like a gift, but it certainly became one. Gotcha. Gotcha. We'll have a chance to play that late into the summer, possibly and, and get <laughs> it on your birthday. That'd be great. All right, man. Will you take yeah. care, be safe, be safe as well. And we'll be in touch. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Dante. I want to thank Dante Marcatelli for taking some time to come on the show and, and talk a little bit about Orlando Magic Basketball. Good to hear his perspective. He's obviously with the team a, a lot more than most of us are uh, as he travels with the Fox Sports Florida crew uh, to every single Magic game. Good to hear his perspective on where the Magic are at this season, what how they've grown this season, even though I, I think some of us are still a little disappointed with how the season has come, turned out and his perspective on, on what makes the Fox Sports Florida broadcast so great. You can, of course... Find Dante Marcatelli on Twitter at Dante Magic. You can check him out on his various uh, exploits. I don't think Magic Drive Time is still going, but I do know that the Orlando Magic just released a new episode of the Magic Pod Squad. If you haven't done so, definitely go through some of the archives uh, on those episodes. It's what it is one of my favorite Magic Pods, one of my favorite Magic podcasts that, that I do listen to. Um, some some great insight from uh, from the whole Magic broadcast crew. Um, those those guys are are like Dante said. I, I, I've worked with them. I'm around them a little bit. They they are truly class acts and 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 some of the best in the business. And 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 we're fortunate to have them all as as Magic fans to be able to have them be kind of the the soundtrack of our games. But that's gonna do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. Find the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. The Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag is open, so send me your questions on Twitter at omagicdaily or by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. Plus, at Orlando Magic Daily, I'm starting a new fun little project on Twitter as well as Facebook. Um, So follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily as well for Magic Madness. Yes, there's a bracket. We're going we're gonna to pick the best player in Magic history and simply tournament style. So... Uh, uh, check out Twitter. Check out uh, O Magic Daily on Twitter uh, to vote in that poll and those polls as as we get going here on Wednesday. 
That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. I want to thank Dante Marcatelli for coming on the show as well. Until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.